This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, it's not usual that we have to wake up the morning after Arsenal haven't won their previous game as Arsenal drew 0-0 against Newcastle. More about that shortly. Um, but good morning to people joining us live in our chat box today. James, good morning to you, to Tony, to Benjamin, to Martin. Good morning to Nav, Rob, uh, Dave, Esmond. Good morning to Zander, James. Um, I'm not sure if, if uh, StreamYard's managed to cut off a load of good mornings from earlier on in the show, but I'm... I'm guessing that actually might be what's happened here. Scrolling up on YouTube, that is indeed what's happened. Good morning to people joining us that, that joined earlier. Amira, Peeny Ween, Matt G, Carl, uh, Jose, Nav, Yomi. For some reason, StreamYard's cut off all the early good mornings. It clearly is not a fan of uh, of Arsenal not picking up wins and then working properly. But uh, I digress. It's uh, yeah, it's not the best morning in the world. Uh, it could be a lot worse. And we're going to talk about plenty of it. Now, uh, Arsenal, of course, I don't know why I've still got the Brentford tag on there. <laughs> you can tell that I've been like, no, don't care about this this morning. But uh, Arsenal drew 0-0 with Newcastle um, last night in a frustrating game. Uh, a very frustrating game indeed, as we know. Now, I'm going to be doing a full reaction to this uh, with some guests at 6pm tonight. So do tune in uh, for that. So we'll be talking plenty more about all of the decisions that went against us. Um, but I think the message that I took away from the game, as you can see from the top of the screen there, if you can't win, don't lose. Uh, and Arsenal uh, just did not feel like they were going to get this one over the line. The referee, the brilliant defending of Newcastle, you have to say, a lack of real clear-cut opportunities as well. All of these things combined. And uh, in the end, it was probably more important that we made sure that we did not lose that game uh, and instead made sure that we came away with a point. Uh, and that is the best we could do. And this is a Newcastle side that picked up its ninth clean sheet of the season. A Newcastle side that's beaten Chelsea, drawn 0-0 with United, drawn 3-3 with Manchester City. 
they're a good team um, and they're going to take points off plenty of other sides this season. So we will not, uh, we aren't the first and we are not going to be the last. Uh, and I think that it was important that we didn't lose. We keep our unbeaten run since, of course, September in the league going when we lost that game against Man United. We play Man United in a couple of days, uh, a couple of games time. And I thought one of the smaller victories of the game was, of course, that both William Saliba and Bakaya Saka did not pick up a yellow card, which means they'll both be available for the North London derby. And it's a very important North London derby. I think we can all agree that whilst we've gone to that stadium at times and thought anything could really happen, we know that we're going into this away North London derby as the favourites and a team that should be picking up its first win since 2014 there as well. But as I said, we'll be talking a lot more about the game um, in more detail uh, a little bit later on today, 6pm, with some guests on the channel for the Raw Reaction show. Now, uh, outside, the Emirates remained bare. However, it should be... Uh, potentially the final time that we see the Emirates on a match day uh, without any kind of decoration around it. There are plans, of course, to install the artwork that will go around the outside of the stadium for the Manchester United game. So hopefully we should see an update on that and the Emirates should be looking significantly prettier come that game. I expect it to cause some division, actually, what they're going to install on the stadium. I'm looking forward to seeing how people react to it. Uh, Mikel Arteta uh, spoke, of course, after the game against Newcastle last night and was, as you'd imagine, pretty darn angry about everything. I mean, the post-match interviews in themselves were quite fiery, described the decision-making on the penalties as scandalous. Just in short, I thought the handball won it's it's i'm not 100% sure i can turn around and say that that was a penalty if it was the other way around i think i'd be i'd feel very hard done by with the proximity if we were given a penalty against us however the gabriel one for me is a blatant penalty like clear as day should have been a clear penalty so uh, and that would have changed the the, the game dramatically of course so I, I i'm lost for words in that regard but uh yeah, the uh, Arteta was very much on it in terms of both of them. Now, there were there were altercations, of course, with the Newcastle staff. He said it's just things on the game. Now, I've seen a number of pundits come out afterwards and moan about Arteta like children um, after the game, to be honest. It's what he does. You know, he's not hurting anybody on the sidelines at all, saying he's trying to influence things. It's it's what happens in the game. Like, it's what he thinks in those moments. If you're a fan in the crowd, you're asking for the referee to give yellows. You're asking for penalties. It's part of the game. It's the emotion of the game. I think you need to get real and realistic about the emotions that go on during those 90 minutes. If you're, you're not, not going to see a manager not getting irate and frustrated about things. You know, I remember there being like, uh, do you remember the famous two from Pep Guardiola that he was going on about two handballs? I don't remember seeing articles or outcry for Pep Guardiola to, to calm down or to rein himself in. So I'm not sure why the same is being said about Mikel Arteta at this point either. Uh, he was asked about transfers. Uh, he says, I don't know. It's a question for Edu and the board to respond. We are trying to improve the squad in every window. This is no different and we will do our best because we cannot waste any window with the squad numbers uh, that we have. So we will try. And uh, I think that without... I'll save it because we're going to talk about transfers shortly, but uh, it seems as though they, there's a feeling around the club that business will be done. Now, Cedric was not in the squad yesterday. Um, he, of course, I, I don't believe there was no information about him being injured. So I didn't see anything about him being injured. He has been significantly linked to a, an exit. Fulham, Bayer Leverkusen, Villarreal are all teams that are said to be interested in Cedric. Um, 
Arsenal supposedly want to make sure that they aren't leaving themselves short. They could even go in for a potential replacement. Yes, we have White. Yes, uh, we have Tommy Asu, but we don't really have a, vi- like a variation of them, if you know what I mean. We don't have an alternative style of right-sided fullback. Uh, we have different options on the left-hand side. We don't really have an offensive option on the right-hand side. Um, and with that, I think that we might end up seeing Arsenal potentially moving for a right-back. We've been linked to that Ivan Fresneda at Real Valladolid. Maybe he'll be the guy that Arsenal move for. But uh, maybe that's an area that Arsenal will look to strengthen in should Cedric move on. Um, Now, Arsenal are said to be continuing talks with Atletico Madrid about a potential loan for Joao Felix. Uh, We talked yesterday about how the club had received so far no offers for the Portuguese international. However, uh, according to Sky Sports yesterday, talks indeed are continuing and are going on um, to try and convince the Spanish side to lower their demands for Joao Felix. Arsenal do want to sign the player on loan. This is on top of the wide player that they're also going for. Arsenal are trying to be forceful with this, but they don't want to overpay. And to be honest, I can't particularly blame them for that. Uh, It's a ridiculous amount of money that Atletico Madrid are asking for, and Arsenal are doing the right thing in trying to be patient. I imagine this could be one that happens more towards the the end of the transfer window rather than uh, towards the beginning of it. Uh, And the headline story of the day is that Chelsea are set to have a meeting with Shakhtar Donetsk today. That's according to Jack Rosser. However, uh, we then did get reports from Fabrizio Romano claiming that there had been no change on the situation. So, There's a bit of confusion. There's alternating reports happening. um, And of course, uh, different journalists have their own sources. So this isn't to say that this is a contradiction. Um, It's just that obviously these uh, journalists have their one set of sources. Another journalist had their set of sources. One's been told one thing. One's been told another thing. Uh, Chelsea, of course, are going very heavily for Enzo Fernandez. They've already signed or very close to signing Badi Ashil for Fana, the striker. Uh, and there's another one as well that's escaped my mind. Uh, Andre Santos, the midfielder from Brazil, as well as come in. They've spent a lot of money. They're going to spend even more with Fernandes. To think they could even go more in the January window after they spent even more money than that in the summer transfer window seems kind of crazy. Um, but as I say on the show quite often, it's football and stranger things have indeed happened. So we can't exactly rule out the possibility that Chelsea will go in. Chelsea did go in for Rafinha, if you remember, but his head and heart was very much set on Barcelona. We seem to feel that Mudrik's head and heart is still very much set on Arsenal. And we know that from what he's done, what he said in interviews and what he's doing on social media as well. So if he does end up at Chelsea, there would be quite the... I don't know if storm is the right word, but there'd be an inquiry as to how what his intentions really were about potentially joining Arsenal. It does seem his priority still is very much to move to the Premier League more than anything, which Chelsea, of course, will offer. But um, we're hopeful that Arsenal can still get this deal done. The second offer, as we know, went in. There's talks continuing about how uh, Shakhtar might react to that. Um, I imagine if any talks today with Chelsea do go ahead, that will infer what the decision might be with Arsenal's second bid, because so far Arsenal are the only team to um, to bid for the player. 
and we'll keep you updated with this story as it continues to develop and change. Um, but I think from my perspective, Arsenal absolutely need to be aggressive in trying to get this one done before Tottenham. We need to give ourselves more depth um, and more attacking options off the bench because we really did look very light indeed last night and with no attacking options to come off the bench Fabio Vieira stayed there Marquinhos stayed on the bench we've got Nelson Jesus and Smith Rowe all injured still uh it is looking rather frustrating um for us and Arteta particularly after we go onto the bench so there you go um we're going to move to part two in your questions now uh so make sure you start getting those into the chats and we'll tackle all of those right after this and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's move to part two uh, and go through some of your questions in the chat box. Um, let's go to uh, Drew, who says, um, I know this reeks of recency bias, but should we try and test the waters with Brighton for Mitama? You know, I think Mitama should be on our list of alternatives to Mudrik if we don't end up getting the Ukrainian. I really like the player. I think he's proving himself at the Premier League level. Brighton are going to ask for a significant fee, though. That is obvious. So we might end up having to pay a similar fee anyway for the player. Uh, Penny Ween says, was the time-wasting tactic by New Money United a really good tactic that should be lauded in general, or was it just bad sportsmanship? I think it's probably both. You know, if it was us and we managed to get an important point out of a game, say, away at Manchester City and we were doing that, we wouldn't be complaining about that. They did what they needed to do. Was it frustrating? Yes. But then the owner, the, the onus is on on the referee to make an informed decision on that. The five added minutes was a joke. It should have at least been seven, potentially even eight minutes of added time. Um, I saw a statistic that apparently the ball was in play for 53 minutes, uh, which is eight minutes less than the average at around 61, 62, which is, again, absolutely crazy. So nothing was really done to stop Newcastle doing it. Yes, there was a couple of bookings. There was the encroachment by Almiron on the uh, on the free kick, but there was nothing really done to prevent them from, from continuing to waste time. And they managed to break up the game. Uh, they stopped Arsenal from their flow. And I'm sure it's something that other teams are going to be looking at and potentially using as well in the future um, to try and use as a tactic to stifle Arsenal. So I think it comes more down to the referee than anything else. Uh, Machiavelli says, do you think Newcastle's negative approach shows how far this team has progressed? A point against a team in the top three is not a bad result because City still have to get past Chelsea. Of course, we've got eight points clear and we'll go uh, within five points of City if they win. Uh, they are playing a Chelsea side that have picked up a little bit of form, but 
Yeah, really showing all that much quality right now. That said, it's still not an easy game for them. And certainly it's not an easy game for anyone to play Chelsea. Hopefully the Blues can do Arsenal a favour. Uh, the dark blues, that is, rather than the light blues. But uh, it's it, I can't foresee anything other than a, a City win. But I did think that against Everton and Chelsea are better than them. Uh, Everton are dreadful. So how they didn't get a result against them, I will never know. Does it mean we've gone far? Maybe. Remember that teams used to turn up at the Emirates or used to turn up to play Arsenal and think, we got a, we got a chance here. You know, we've really got an opportunity here in this game to do something against this team. And now we're seeing differences. Now we're seeing teams be more cautious. We're seeing teams know that they can't have that same joy uh, and excitement about playing Arsenal. They've got to be much more disciplined, much better defensively. And yeah, you would say that is a credit to the kind of progression that we've made as a club. Uh, Amira says, anyone else doesn't have a problem with Arteta getting mad yesterday? There's a time and place for it. And I felt like it elevated the stadium and the players, just not in tough away games like Liverpool. Yeah, perhaps there's a time and place. Of course, the Liverpool thing was a bit different. That's where he kind of really went at Jurgen Klopp and Arsenal kind of lost their composure in that moment. It does build up the crowd somewhat too. It should be used in the right way. I just the hypocrisy of of some pundits and journalists not to point it out of other managers, but make an exception for Arteta just seems very, very strange indeed. Um but that is always been the way with Arsenal. We aren't liked particularly, and so we do get picked on. It's just the way the world is. Uh, Isoa says, do you think Odegaard otherwise brilliant, but when games are locked like yesterday, he has to improve his decision-making? There were points in the game where I was thinking, you know, I think Odegaard's been a bit quiet here, but there were other points in the game where he just plays that quick pass or the quick interchange of play and sets players through, and you're like, well, there he is. Um, it is a challenge for him. I think, to be more influential in these trickier games against sides that sit in and defend. But, I mean, he was absolutely critical in, in getting us to where we are this season. So, it's, there's, you're not going to be able to have an amazing performance every single game. Uh, hopefully, he can have one against Tottenham away from home. That would be big if he can indeed do that. Um, Paul says, Chelsea don't seem to have a strategy and are spending wildly. At least we seem to be careful who and how we bring players in. Better to get the right player than the most expensive. We, and it is. And I think the Mudrick is the right player for us. You know, the amount of research we've now done on him, absolutely, I think him, he is the right profile that we need for this position. And he is going to be very much highly sought after, hence why another team like Chelsea are going in for him. But uh, yeah, it's it's just one that seems to be rumbling on a little bit now. Although I say rumbling on. I think it's because we've discussed it in such detail for successive days for so long. It feels a lot longer than maybe what it actually is. Uh, Benjamin Clark says, Tom, according to Ben Jacobs, we are in the race for Declan Rice in the summer. And so do you think this will deter Danilo in January? I don't think Danilo is an option, to be honest, anymore from the sounds of things. I think Arsenal are looking elsewhere in terms of midfield. I might be wrong, but that seems to be the case. Declan Rice is an option for Arsenal in the summer, it seems, and from plenty of other clubs as well. Chelsea moving for Enzo Fernandez has opened up this a bit because you can't see them going for both players. Uh, maybe it's something that Arsenal will look to. Uh, the Iceman Bergkamp says, uh, are you feeling deflated after last night? Yeah, I, I, I feel horrible. Like, it's not nice not winning. It felt like a defeat. A, a def you know, um, a draw. It feels like a defeat so often. I can't stand it when people celebrate draws. I don't. I didn't celebrate yesterday's draw. I contextualise it, and I think it's better to to draw than to, it's better to not lose than it is in some cases uh, to try and go for the win because sometimes it means that you you'll lose it. Um, 
but it was more it was important that we didn't lose that game and we didn't but i am still feeling very much you know deflated because we couldn't get a, a statement victory in a team against a team that i think you know we're obviously playing in the end for that draw we were hard done by by the referee's decisions and all of those things combined led to a lot of frustration after yesterday's result that's for sure um mo says yesterday showed a lack of depth in the squad especially in attack how important is it that we bring some players in very important. <laughs> That's as short answer as that, I'm afraid. Uh, LJ says, I'm sorry, I'm still flummoxed by that refereeing performance. If Nketiah and Odegaard are getting booked for dragbacks, then why wasn't a penalty and yellow card issued when Gabriel was fouled? No idea. I don't know. I don't know why it wasn't given uh, either. You know, we had the... You think back to when they did the VAR review and we were you know, screwed at Manchester United after we had that goal wrongly ruled out, it turned out. Um, and again, we find ourselves on the wrong end of a really bad decision. Uh, Ray says, Tom, which month will we get an apology from the PGMOL? Probably every month from the way things are going, mate. We just keep getting decisions go against us. Uh, <laughs> goodness me. Uh, James says, uh, if we come out of January without a defeat in the Premier League, it'll be a good month. Uh, you can't win them all. I would, mm, if we draw them all, it might not look great. But I said, if you offered me seven, um, then... I'd take it. I'd take seven points from the nine. Toby says, it's called gamesmanship, Tom. Grow up. <laughs> See you later. Uh, Spag says, the added time uh, is what bugged me. After the World Cup, the Premier League needs to look at the timekeeping slash wasting. It's a joke how useless the added time is. Uh, I quite liked the World Cup way of managing things. Uh, I quite liked the way in which they... Um, they appreciated the, the amount of time wasting that goes on and the way in which they tried to you know, utilise uh, a system that would discourage teams from time-wasting. I think it's something that maybe we should look to use in the Premier League. That said, having five to ten added minutes at the end of each half is going to create chaos in terms of travel. Um, but that doesn't really matter in the context of a game. But it is going to cause problems, I think, in that sense. But I, I think something has to be done to try and discourage that, ideally. Uh, that's what we should be aiming for. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, James says, how many uh, did the Invincibles draw? 12. Uh, they won 26, drew 12, lost exactly none. So we've only drawn two this season and lost exactly one. So, you know, if you'd have said that at the start of the season, <laughs> you'd have been blown away by that. So we're still very, very happy and confident about where we are in the table and we've still got to see City play as well pressures on them to get a, a result after we dropped points and we are going to we are going to drop points this season you know it's, it's going to happen we are going to lose games we are going to draw games uh, and if you're going to draw a game and you are going to drop points it might as well be in one of the tougher fixtures across the season I think that's probably one of the most important things to consider here um Let's go to scrolling up a little bit more. Marcus says, uh, does anyone know the shirt-pulling rule, i.e. Maguire, now Gabriel, uh, not given? I mean, the rule is that it's a foul in short, but we, the consistency is the problem. Uh, Esmond says, do you think Xhaka should have got a second yellow card? No, I know the incident you're talking about, the, the kind of incident with Wilson uh, after he received a yellow. I don't think there's enough in that to be given a second yellow. It's just about a foul. You know, Wilson go downs very, very easily, very easily kind of buys that foul. So, no, I don't think he should have been um, second yellow carded for that. I don't think that was enough of a of a foul to give it. Was it a foul? Just not enough for a second yellow at all. Um, Gabenga says, Tom, do the yellow cards cancel out after the Tottenham game? I think it's after the... 
It's not after the 19th game. So that would be Man United. I, but I might be wrong. This is a, a topic that I continue to be flummoxed and confused by how often they change it. So I think it might be after the Man United game, but I might be wrong. Um, let's go to the Don who says, question, Tom, what is your actual personal view on the Mudrick deal? My view is that I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player that I know that Arsenal don't want to create a record signing of. Um, it might end up going that way, but the club don't want that to happen. Uh, and I think that of all the players that are available in the market, he's probably the perfect player for us to go and get. Um, and I think that ultimately, if we can go and do that, and if it if it turns out that it's going to cost us way more than his genuine value right at this moment in time, we might just have to do that. But we've done that before. We did that with Ben White, and he's proven to be worth the money we paid for. William Saliba, £28 million when he was 18 was a lot of money. He's certainly proven to be worth that and hell of a lot more. Sometimes you have to overpay and invest at the time. I'm hopeful that it will get done. I'm optimistic that it will get done. I feel like a lot of work's been put into this um, to try and get this deal over the line. But um, we'll have to wait and see and be patient. And, and that's that's the uh, that's the frustration. Um, Abanab says, our captain fantastic at a bad game yesterday, but Gabriel was underrated and he was a rock. I think in the context of Erdegaard's season, we can say it was a bad game because he's been so brilliant, you know, but I still think he was decent. I think he was certainly key in a lot of our forward playing and how we move the ball forwards. He just wasn't as influential as he maybe has been in a few last fixtures. And so in context, you'd say in comparison, it was bad compared to previous games. Still decent. But Gabriel, yeah, very, very good and certainly deserves plenty of praise. He's certainly, I think, in the last few games, overtaken Saliba um, in terms of output and in terms of consistency and quality. He's, I think, overtaken Saliba in these last few games. Um, and that's a great thing, you know, for him. Saliba needs to be challenged, needs to be humble about his position. And I think Gabriel providing that quality is, is all for that. Uh, Scrubber Steve says, I'm super hyped about Mudrick. Are you getting as carried away internally as me? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Yummy says, uh, should Arsenal still go for Tillemans? Being inconsistent this season, but still a good player. Again, I'm not really paying too much attention to what the form of Leicester's players is like because Leicester in general are just terrible. And I do think that outside of Leicester, there's a chance to see Tillemans flourish. If we can accelerate that deal forwards, it's certainly something that I would be very, very interested in Arsenal doing. But I feel as though they might wait until the summer to see if they can still get him on a free transfer. Uh, Belage says, who was the man of the match yesterday? Gabriel Zinchenko. Gabriel was quite good across the whole game. Zinchenko had a little bit of a trouble in the first half, but in the second half, Zinchenko was brilliant. I think if we were going to win the game, it was because of Zinchenko's direct passing. And so I kind of leaned towards Zinchenko. I thought he was, uh, from an Arsenal perspective, he was great. Very, very, very good indeed. I thought Trippier was excellent on the other side. Um, I thought ultimately Newcastle defended really well and really dealt with Saka after it looked like he was troubling Dan Byrne a lot. They had Willock chasing back. They had Botman coming in as well. And they dealt with Saka. Um, but we didn't manage to utilise maybe the spaces that was created by Saka being crowded out and other players having to vacate other areas of the pitch to deal with him. We didn't necessarily exploit that enough we didn't move the ball quick enough in some circumstances I thought Saka and Martinelli at times held the ball for too long and weren't quick enough with their decision making and uh, maybe we could have been better in that sense uh, Ben says does Newcastle playing a packed low block set a precedent for how other teams will start to play against us I think the difference is that Newcastle have the quality to be able to do that um, 
other teams don't. You know, you look at the quality of the defence of Newcastle, how they how well coached they are. We've gone up against other teams that have looked decent defensively this season and still managed to blow them away. Brighton's a good example of that. Four goals against them. Try and find another team that's scoring four goals at Brighton. You're going to struggle. So I think it might certainly give other teams an idea. But to be honest, they're going to sit back and defend. And we finally get a goal. It's going to create an easy game for us for the rest of the game. So and I have confidence we'll be able to unlock stubborn defences throughout the course of the rest of the season, especially when we get some extra quality in, especially when we get some more quality back from injury. Uh, Jean says, if Cedric leaves, do we have options from the youth side of things? If we have, isn't this an opportunity to use them since we already have two options here? It is something that I think about a lot, actually, and I am confused a bit when I see kind of these links to uh, Ivan Fresneda, for example, because we've got Raw Waters, you've got Brook Norton Cuffey coming through. And I think Brook Norton Cuffey's still raw, and I think people are overrating him a bit. Um, but Raw Waters in particular has looked good when called upon. Is it worth spending 10 million euros, say, on an Ivan Fresneda at 18 years of age when you've got Raw Waters there? I'm not sure. So it's certainly worth asking the question, and we'll see how the club intends to react if Cedric is indeed to move on this winter. Um, let's go to Aditya. It says, Tom, in my opinion, we should be practicing more long balls and creating opportunities through that. Something LFC in uh, Newcastle and many other teams are doing. Uh, of course, Liverpool in their case have a lot of very good crosses uh, like Trent and Robertson. Uh, Salah produces some fantastic passes as well. Um, and they have Nunez up front, which provides them with a big kind of target. Newcastle have Burn have uh, Chris Woods. They've got Callum Wilson that's quite good up top as well. They have got physical players. Uh, and when they bring centre-backs up from the back, Fabian Scher as well is, is a danger. Um, that means that they've got kind of the, the options to do that. Uh, and Trippier is a fantastic deliverer of the ball as well. So it's not as easy to say that we should try, start trying some more long balls. I like the way that we're playing. It's got us to the top of the table uh, and clear, I think that we need to think about that um, and ultimately use that uh, for our benefit. So I'm not necessarily going to be calling on us to go long with, with certain plays, but maybe we could use it in certain situations where we're struggling with the usual plan A. Uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't have a plan B, but I'm not saying we should absolutely be trying to ping balls into the box as as much. Um, Benny Wayne says, do you still do the mother morning show with Bailey? Um, we are still doing the morning shows. We probably will still have one today. I've been on annual leave across most of December, so I've not been, uh, around or available to do the shows, but I'm back now. Uh, hopefully Bailey still comes on to the channel. His Bailey's role has changed at FL. Um, so he might not be on as much, <clears throat> but, uh, hopefully Bailey will still be featuring on the channel at some stages too. So fingers crossed that will still happen. Uh, let's scroll down. Um, Melanie says, do you think, in your honest opinion, we'll, we'll get Madrid? In my honest opinion, I'm, I'm optimistic. You know, I'm much more 60-40 in Arsenal's favour than 60-40, you know, in the other direction. I'm fairly confident that, you know, hopefully that will be a deal that we get done. But it's an unpredictable game, this. And the transfer window makes it even worse. So, hopefully, hopefully we can get it done. I, as I say, I'm ho I'm optimistic very optimistic. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. This won't be your only show of the day. As I say, I think I'll be doing a show at 10am over on the Arsenal way. We'll then have a show at 6pm UK time today as well, talking all things Arsenal with this game. 
And then tomorrow, hopefully tonight, we'll be recording as well uh, the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat Podcast, which will go out uh, tomorrow. So do join us for that. We'll be talking all things New Year's resolutions and fitness and, of course, the return of Smith Rowe and the need for depth in this squad as well. Plenty to discuss. We'll also hopefully have an update from the doc on Jesus's rehabilitation after he's now lost his crutches and what that means uh, for how long it might be till he returns. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video before you go and subscribe to the channel as well. It means a lot that you tune in every morning. Get involved in the latest competition as well, as I said. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to join you as it always is. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.